All opinions expressed by Davidson Capital Management on MoneyWise are solely theirs and are based upon information they consider reliable and is subject to change without notice. You should be aware of the risk in investing in any security or investment strategy discussed on the show. Before acting, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and should seek advice from your own financial or investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. Got your Money Wise guys back inside the Money Wise studio with me for this weekend show. I have my brother Jeff, Joe Rust, making a return, my father, John Davidson, and I'm your host, Kyle Davidson. For any new listeners to the Money Wise program, Davidson Capital Management is a fee-only registered investment advisor. We're in our 33rd year of business with offices in San Antonio and Corpus Christi. We have your investment management needs covered throughout Central and South Texas. And if you'd like to learn more about us, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation or take advantage of a portfolio review and analysis from your Money Wise guys, you can reach us in our San Antonio or Corpus Christi office toll-free at 1-800-275-2162. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the Money Wise podcast through Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming podcast apps where you can leave your comments. And don't forget to like the show. Well, as we kick off every weekend's Money Wise program, I turn it over to my brother, Jeff, to go into the numbers from Wall Street from last week. So, Jeff, take it away. Okay, in the week just passed, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 364 points, or 1%. The S&P 500 last week was up about 69 points, or 1.5%. And the NASDAQ last week was up about 327 points, or 2.4%. For the year to date, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 3.4%. The S&P 500 is down 5.6%. And the NASDAQ year to date is down 9.9%. We also finished up the month of January but the performance for the month of January is not much different than the performance I just gave for the year to date, so we won't <clears throat> go into those January numbers. I don't think it was the worst January ever. Uh, it's the worst January we've had in a number of maybe a few years, but it wasn't the worst January on history. That I think that happened, what was that, 8, 2018? Well, I know, I know from just looking at some past numbers from 2016, we saw 2016. almost a 9% okay. correction in January yeah. to the first few days of February because we went over those numbers a couple weeks ago. But I mean, this past week was definitely a wild and woolly, uh, earnings week. Um, that needless to say with some of the stocks, whether it was a PayPal, whether it was a meta, formerly known as Facebook, I mean, some of these company or or Google, which had a a great a great number, or an Amazon. I mean, it's one thing when you when you, when you miss earnings by a penny and you give a little bit of a conservative forward guidance to be taken out to the woodshed twenty plus percent on just conservative forward guidance is, in my opinion, a beyond knee-jerk reaction. So this leads me to believe that there is definitely much more computers and algorithms involved in the market currently than there are individual investors. What is Gary Gensler in the SEC up to these days? They're too busy focused on Bitcoin. 
and how Bitcoin. they're going to reg- yeah how they're going to regulate this. Uh, I'm not going to call it a currency. Uh, basically, this trading mechanism. That I think that's what they're primarily focused on. I mean, I know the last time I saw him on CNBC, that's all they were asking him is regulating the cryptocurrency market. And so, for something that touts itself as being decentralized. And all of the things that it uses as a marketing tool to lure investors in, well, the SEC could quickly take all those marketing and sales points away with actually regulating the industry. But not to get off topic on on Bitcoin, I think our longtime listeners know how we feel about that. It's a, definitely a speculative betting tool, and not really any fundamental well, value there for yeah the whole know, space Bitcoin. Uh, non-Ethereum to- tokens. tokens. Oh, I think there was on on Friday morning, wasn't there another three hundred million dollar hack of some uh, uh, digital? Yeah, I don't think I think it was Ethereum based or something. You mean the block? You mean the blockchain isn't completely, totally secure? I mean, but that's what the cryptocurrencies market themselves on. Anybody that, that totally- markets themselves that's saying that it's it's totally unhackable, that you can't hack it. Well, that's just uh-huh. a dead giveaway that it's. Someone's going to try, and someone's well, going to just, succeed. That's yeah, that's laying down the gauntlet. That's a challenge for for a hacker around the for hackers around the world. That's a challenge. Oh, you can't break into this. They're like, oh, really? So, not to get off topic, but getting back to the markets, um, you know, looking at the technical picture, not just you know, let's just dive in with both feet. And Dad and I, we were talking about this before we started the show. Or actually, all four of us is when I look at the technical charts, is that the market is still in search of its support level. And when you historically have corrective moves like we saw in the month of January, you can have several fits and starts where the market starts to make a comeback and then it rolls back over and forms another bottom, tries to make a comeback, comes back down and forms another bottom. So we might still have quite a few number of weeks to go until whether it's the NASDAQ, the Dow, the S&P 500, really finds this technical support level that can really start building off of that and really start to be bringing in more buyers that have been standing on the sidelines. Because one thing that's very interesting that's happened this past month is we've both seen the stock market going down, but also the bond market. So we've seen money coming out of the bond market as well and cash moving to the sidelines. What was and the 10-year Treasury Friday? One point. Ten-year Treasury closed one point nine two. If you yeah, just ramp it off, one point nine. We were up. Uh, was that about thirteen basis points for the week? Which is, you know, a a fairly sizable move. We're approaching two percent yields on the ten-year, which we haven't had since before COVID began. <clears throat> so we've almost we've taken gone almost all the way back to where we were. Two years ago, when it comes to to the ten year Treasury yield, when you look at all the performances of all the different bond indexes, whether it's municipal bonds, whether it's corporate bonds, whether it's investment grade, whether it's non investment grade, whether it's shorter maturity, whether it's intermediate or long maturity, they're all negative numbers. Everyone so we've seen cash. So we've seen cash from both sides of the two macro markets, stocks and bonds, moving to the sidelines. And when you see swings of twenty plus percent, I mean Meta down twenty six percent this past week. Uh, the company's not going out of business. 
I mean, they're not going out of business. Now, granted, Facebook might be losing some popularity, and I know from a political standpoint, depending upon which aisle you sit on, is, is, is definitely a political hot potato. But they do also own companies such as Instagram, such as WhatsApp. And now, of course, Mark Zuckerberg changing the name to Meta, moving into this metaverse and whatever that's going to be, this virgin tech, you know, this, this emerging technology in the uh, metaverse, which to me, when I look at it, looks like something like Roblox with my 10-year-old plays, you know, every, every single day, it seems like. So we got a lot more to cover to recap this past week, so, but let's take our first commercial break. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. Your Money Wise guys will be back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation or take advantage of a portfolio review and analysis from your Money Wise guys, you can reach us in our San Antonio or Corpus Christi office toll free at 1-800-275-2162. Two one six two. If you like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the MoneyWise podcast through Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite podcast streaming apps where you can leave your comments. And don't forget to like the show. So just continuing our recap of Wall Street from this past week. I mean, got through a major chunk, uh, more meat and potatoes of the earnings season, saw very dramatic swings on some of the mega cap tech names this past week. And as we've been talking about on this show, even going back to last year, that coming into 2022 to anticipate and expect higher levels of volatility for investors. And this was all kind of laid to the feet of keeping emotions in check, not giving getting overly emotional. This is the reason why we made as many changes to our portfolio, to all of our portfolios on January 3rd, is to batten the hatches down tighter on the, upcoming, and of course, that was on January 3rd of what we anticipated to be a much more volatile year. Well, that's already proven to be correct just in the first month of 2022. If you look at the first month of 2022 and you look at the 10-year Treasury at 1.92 and you look at the NASDAQ at down 9.9%, which technically is right in correction territory, that this is essentially what a lot of us were talking about going into this year. If you have rates going up, there's going to be some pressure on these stocks with higher multiples and some of these mega cap, uh, mega cap names, and we're seeing it right now. You know, and well, and, and like, like we've and like we've discussed on the show, I mean, what the market is doing is it's repricing anticipation of the Federal Reserve turning more hawkish. But I've had several conversations with clients this past week where I think there's this. There's this assumption that stock markets cannot go up in a rising interest rate environment. We've talked on past MoneyWise programs that the historic returns of the market in a rising interest rate environment is actually better over a 12 to 18 month period than in a falling interest rate environment. And so that is a bit misguided. Is there something you wanted to add, Dad? Uh, yeah, this that's ready to roll. Uh, that's I, wrong, Kyle. Well, it's funny because I actually have the statistical charts well, that. Yeah, you talked about it last week. I didn't want to come in last week, but I can't let you go off on it this week. Well, when uh, you say it's as wrong, interest rates go up, bonds become competition for stocks. Therefore, rising interest rates are not good on the long term for stocks because an old man like me can go get a 5% bond and not have all this money tied up in stocks. One of the things we've talked about for 
more than 10 years is how the Federal Reserve has ended that market. There hasn't been a market for people who have saved to go away from stocks. So if rates continue to go up over the next couple of years, that creates a new competition for stocks, which is the bond market, which is the way it normally was before the financial crisis of the early part of this century. But since 1989, Dad, that that statistic what I, you're talking about doesn't I don't know apply. what statistic and all, and you're getting. I will I'm talking about you. the real world that I lived in. I can assure you rising Maybe that's the real world in the last 70s and early 80s was not good for stocks. Well, yes, this is true, but I'm talking since I, 1989. It depends on the level of interest rates. It depends that's, on the exactly, level of interest that's the, rates. That's because, since 1989. Because we've been, we were talking about one example, which I believe is 2005 and 2006. The two years added together, there, I think there was a total of 12 interest rate increases. And in those two years, the markets went up both of those years. Now, I don't have what exactly the 10-year Treasury yields were at that moment in time. They were higher than they are today. I'll tell you where they were in 07, okay. Jeff, in October, 4.65%. Right. 4, 4. Yeah, but I'm talking about 05 and 06. I know that, that in, in 05, 06, the, the, the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates, I believe, at about a quarter percent each meeting, and they had 12 different interest rate increases, and the markets were up both of those years. I believe it was double digits in 05 and single digits in 06. Um, I, I understand both of y'all's points. Um, Dad's point is three. And yes, they're, both, they're, they're correct. both correct. But However, it, it, it depends on what's the level of interest rates we're talking about. Because right now we're talking about going from a Fed funds of zero to if you if you're if you're saying we're going to have four interest rate increases this year at a quarter quarter point eight that takes it from zero to one. Whop, whop it one. If we if we do it six times, which we do it I don't twelve it, times. If we I, I do it eight times, well, if we do it eight times. That's going whop to take it, 2%. it up. To, but if you that's going to take the ten year treasury. What does that take the ten year treasury to? Does that take it to three three and a half? You know, then you start to have all right. Now you start to get this real question about how much are you going to pay up on a price to earnings multiple for a stock that's a you know a 30, 40, 50, 60 price to earnings multiple if you're getting 3 plus percent in a 10-year treasury. That's the big question, but we're not there yet. But it's so it's not time to go out you know like I've made that analogy. Not, you you don't go year. out and board up the house in in January for hurricane season. Right, you and don't go. This you be. don't go to 100% cash before the first federal funds rate increase. Well, we would never recommend that, anyways. No, that, that's I, a failed strategy. No, no, no. I know it's not a. Fa- but I'm just saying there's a. Yeah. There's there's I think a mentality out there's a fear out there in some investors that they just want to just batten down the hatches and close in that portfolio and go to 100% cash, and somehow I'm going to know exactly when to get back in again. That bell's going to ring. And it's just, it doesn't happen. It's not, it's not, it's well, not realistic. Dad, what the, the is major you? factor is where's inflation going to be? I mean, that's, well, I mean, yeah, inflation's going to factor in. What do you have to do to beat in inflation? Is it going to be bonds or is it going to be stocks? So, I mean, when I think of the stock market, I go back to what Jeff said. We should be north of 50000 on the Dow because we're behind where we should be this century. 
because politicians have held down our economy. We finally had a politician that let the economy go, and then what they do, they get rid of him because they don't like his tweets. So now we're stuck, you know, we're stuck with the dead man walking who had a remarkably good week. I, I would call it the revenge of the zombies. I mean, the zombies came back this week. They not only got to kill, just, just, just think they got to kill a terrorist that no one knows of. Uh, they got to go up and talk about guns in New York City. It's like, I wish I had $10 for every time a president's going to New York City and talked about crime in my life. The job numbers were good too. The job numbers were remarkably good. And then they had this tremendous revision, tremendous Mm -hmm. revision for December. December. I mean, I think the economy's looking good. There's no reason to be overly bearish because of the economy, despite the zombie that's in the White House. Can I also throw out another statistic? for a good yes. week for Biden. I I read a story right before we went to recording this weekend's show that said that Biden now has passed Jimmy Carter for the most jobs created in the in the first year of his presidency. Boy, it's well, timing. Well, look at his timing. Just like Obama, they try to credit Obama. And then they had to throw in that that Trump only created two million jobs. Yeah, uh, but, but just, Biden created six. It's, it's there's not just a little of, problem with the I word in here. The I yeah. word is the you know that Remember, is the uh, it's, it's not, not a phantom. Of, it's in spite of. Yeah, it's, uh, it's in spite uh, of. Uh, we can't. Uh, inflation is not a phantom. It's a real thing, and it is out there. No, it it, it, it is. It, and, it, it bites it, every day. But again, again, the inflation that we're facing today wasn't a direct cause based on the Federal Reserve's monetary policy. It wasn't because of cheap no. money being borrowed hand over no. fist by the consumer. It was because of COVID. This is it all, was all of the above. Inflation. It was all of the above. It was everything. We had inflation if Trump was president. It was it was inevitable. That's true. It was inevitable. You're right. I mean, it they held it down. So so the thing is, with the the midterms coming up in November, the political situation could be totally different. Twelve months from now, we don't even really know the revenge of the nerd, so to speak, the right side of the aisle. I mean, we don't know what the nerds are going to do, you know, to all the smart boys from the Ivy League next year. We don't know. That remains to be seen. We don't know who's going to jail. We don't know who's going to trial. We don't know any of this. But the zombie had a great week this week. He's had two back-to-back great weeks, and he I'm sure he's not aware of it. But, uh, you know, I mean, if the they would, you know, back. I mean, yeah. when they give you know, him his Metamucil, you know, when they give him his Metamucil, you know, he, he probably, you know, he, all right, all right, he all probably right. had a smile all on his face. All right. We're, we're getting off course here. But, but I think, I think back to dad's point though, and I think it was a very good point that I want to repeat is that with the job numbers that came out on Friday, and I know right. we're coming, we're coming up to the bottom of our break. So we'll go into those job numbers when we come back. But, like Dad said, as goes the economy, so goes the market. I mean, that's the one of the oldest sayings out there on Wall Street. And so, with increasing jobs, more people getting back to work, we're seeing nice inf- wage inflation. So people have more money; they're chock full of cash from COVID stimulus, and they've been paying down debt during the COVID pullback. 
and we're going to start seeing COVID get further into the rear view, we have people's consumption behaviors moving maybe a little bit away from products, going more to services to where we have a little bit more of a balance, which will help inflation over the mid and longer term. Well, let's take our next commercial break. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. Money Wise guys will be back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation or take advantage of a portfolio review and analysis from your Money Wise guys, you can reach us in our San Antonio or Corpus Christi office toll-free at one 800 275 2162. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the MoneyWise podcast through Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite podcast streaming apps where you can leave your comments and don't forget to like the show. So coming back from the bottom of the hour break, right before we went to break, we were talking about the employment numbers from this past week, um, the January job numbers that were announced on Friday. And I will say that it really surprised everybody. I know that the initial um, projection was for about 150,000 jobs created. I know the ADP jobs, private payroll jobs reports earlier in the week was like a minus 300,000 plus. So I think the street was anticipating quite a significant negative number. And lo and behold, Jeff, what did the job numbers come out on Friday? So it was up 467,000. So that was a big beat over the uh, estimates. The, the the bigger news was the revisions for the months of November and December of 2021 were an additional 709,000 more jobs were added to the previous estimates. So that was a big change in uh, the numbers of, number of jobs originally reported for November, December of last year. The unemployment rate now stands at 4% even with a participation rate at 62.2%. Which average, is a nice revision, by the way. That was a average, nice revision. Average hourly earnings rose seven-tenths of a percent to end the year to, for a 5.7% year-over-year change. And if memory uh, serves me correct, we're only a few tenths of a percent away from the U6 being at a historic low. I believe the U6 low was about 6.8 during the Trump administration, and it came out on Friday at 7.1. So like we said in the last segment, even though the market is responding with a lot of volatility based on Fed monetary policy, how much how, how much they're going to raise rates, it's coming in March, how hawkish are they going to be this year, while quietly the economy continues to get a fuller head of steam behind it, more and more people are getting back into the workforce, they're getting higher and higher wages, we know they've paid down debt during the COVID pandemic, we know that there's a lot of excess loan reserves out there from money center banks because the amount of money being parked in the repo overnight repo market. So there are, it's almost like the market and the economy are slightly disconnected right now. And the market is focused purely on fed reserve policy and a little bit more on COVID, but from an employment standpoint and from the economic standpoint, things are starting to come back more in alignment. I don't think the market's, Focused anything on COVID. 
or I don't think there's anything in the markets really has until to do the with next that. variant until the next variant comes. Well, there out. was another variant. I forget what it was called. BA two. It it got two, I believe. Oh, I was. That's a different one. I heard another one. I think in they South called Africa. it stealth. The stealth variant. I think it's. What oh, is that where it. you have it, but you don't have symptoms? You can pass it on to others, that's right? And you don't have symptoms. Okay. That's what I had two weeks ago. Exactly. So we all have stealth COVID. Exactly. It was twelve. About twelve. And we're not trying to make long. light of COVID. We're not making light of COVID. No. I, I'm I sorry. think, like I said on last week, as as we said on last weekend show, we just have to come to the realization this is going to be with us for a long time to come, and we just have to get back to life as normal. If you see some of the European countries that are dropping every single mandate and saying, let's get back to normal, is the U.S. going to be the last domino to fall? Well, I would say China will probably be the last domino to fall since they have a zero COVID policy, which I don't know how they could even claim that because that's not possible. But I, I think the U.S., are we going to let our European counterparts lead the way of getting back to life as normal, life as usual? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Well, well, you see what happens in Canada when you force mandates down somebody's throat with the truckers. Well, and they're organizing that here in the U.S. as well. But, of course, when you have the social media companies and they're censoring and they're stopping First Amendment rights of shutting sites down, taking people off, I mean, what do you do? Yeah, Dad. I heard that the State of the Union was going to be March 1st, and they're they're talking – little bit on the Fox network that uh, that is when uh, Biden's going to drop all these mandates on March 1st. And the question is, can he wait that long? Because it looks like that the country is starting to just move on from this. And I know for the first time in recent memory, last night on Channel 6 and Channel 3, there was no reported COVID numbers on any channel in Corpus Christi. They just didn't report it. That's not happened. That has not happened. Uh, Therefore, the health department didn't report any. So I'd like to know why, because we've been having some pretty big numbers here on a daily basis, but no numbers were reported. It was winter storm almost all the time and UIL alignment, but we don't want to talk about COVID. And I thought what was funny would be both on ABC, NBC, CBS. Well, all at the same night. Again, this is what we've been talking about on the show. It's going to get further and further in the rearview mirror. And that will be, I think, again, a positive in the longer term. So we can just get focused back to the economy, getting people back to work, getting the supply chain free flowing again and getting inflation coming down, which can give that, which could then give the Federal Reserve a little bit more cover to be more deliberate and a little bit slower in their action of normalizing no, monetary policy. <laughs> it's oh, not going to happen. Okay. Oh, man. We're going to talk about the Fed. The great hikes again? <gasps> it's not going to happen. Fed. Kyle, yeah, next, what are we going to do with you and the ne- Fed? Next week. It's the tail that, on the dog. They're uh, not doing anything. They are trailing. They got one job. I this understand year. they're trailing. Get Biden, you know, save the Senate for the Democrats. That's it. That's all they're going to do. How many times are they going to raise interest rates this year? None if they can keep from doing it, if they can just talk the market. I mean, they're, they are so far out of the ballpark. It's, it's not worthy of this much discussion. I'm telling you. It's well, not it worthy the of this much. It affects the it market. It does now. not affect the market. You say it does. The commentators, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't think any buying went on today because of the Fed. I haven't bought a single stock this year in my personal account because of Jay Powell. I don't care what Jay Powell's doing. 
until I can get four and five percent in bonds, I got to buy stocks. Well, you, nowhere else you're to gonna go. be probably that's waiting what, a long time for that's, that. That's, that's that's Tina, right? Right, Kyle? That's right. That's right. It's there Tina. Is no, there is no alternative. There is no other alternative. And I'll tell you this something else, boys. Real estate's getting a little softer in Carpus. I saw some motivated sellers on Zillow this week. Definite, even on the island. Motivated well, sellers. Well, just, well, just, just like markets go through cycles. It's winter time. Well, well, I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm just saying. But well, they're also not had rates going motivated. Up, you know, yeah, we haven't yeah, had motivated sellers in two years. But but rates haven't really gone up that much, Joe. And, and like conversations I've had with clients, my big concern is the younger home buyer that are so used to just ridiculous low, low interest rates. They think a five and a half percent mortgage is like murder from an interest rate standpoint we're for all long, four of us. I know a long but, way from that. Uh, uh, but, but we'll get but, over but, it. What are they going to do? Move into a box? I mean, but that's what I'm saying, though. Have to buy a house that, eventually. Is that? The, the younger buyer is just so used to those lower interest rates that when we hear 5.5% mortgage for all four of us being homeowners, we're like, oh, that's nothing. But we've been in the housing market for 20-plus years, and Dad, you know, even longer. So he was well, used Fox to Fox Millers 11... are selling containers if they want to move into some little houses. <laughs> They're selling container homes to fly So it can move to apartments. So getting back to the market, you know, the, the volatility is not done. I mean, it's going to be with us all oh, year. No. And and the market is going through the process of finding its technical support level. So we're going to see some fits and starts. So I'm just letting all investors know, again, from an emotional standpoint and emotional management, that we're going to see fits and starts where we're going to see big updates in the market. Then the next day we could see it turn right back around. It's it's going through this basing technical pattern until it finds its support level to start building off of. And is that going to take all the way to the Fed meeting? Is it going to take all the way through the first quarter like Dad had mentioned on last weekend's show? Maybe. It so, might. So what you're saying is get ready for the gold commercials. We were talking about this before the show. The gold commercials, the equity oh, index commercials. Oh, they're there. Right. They're there. Save money investments. Market conditions like this is what brings out the unscrupulous salespeople. And for our listeners, you I'm sure you've probably been receiving and might see more and more of this as the invitations to the free steak dinners or to the free steak lunches or, oh, we've got an educational seminar over the Del Mar Annex where you can learn about Social Security strategies. What do they serve at the Del Mar Annex, They don't serve anything. All they serve is let's give you a strategy to preserve and make the right choices on your Social Security and preserving your retirement nest egg. And all these beautiful things that they talk about are what they're going to talk about at their seminar, and they're going to give you this nice uh, postcard in the mail, and you're like, wow, free steak dinner. I'm going to learn about all these great strategies for my retirement. And all it is is a veiled come on to pitch you an annuity or some type of unsuitable investment product so the salesperson can make an exorbitant, an absolute exorbitant commission on you. And when you have markets like we're having now, when we have market pullbacks, when we have corrective moves, that's when these marketing efforts are ramped up higher and higher and higher because the entire presentation is is based on fear, they're playing on the emotional investor's fear of losing their retirement nest egg. And guess what? I've got just the product for you that's going to protect you. It's going to give you all of that upside. It's not going to give you any of the downside. I mean, so it's a win-win-win for everybody. Why won't you sign on this line that is dotted 
and, and make the salesperson extremely wealthy on your back. And we're going to talk more about this when we come back from the break. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. Money Wise guys will be back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation or take advantage of a portfolio review and analysis from your Money Wise guys, you can reach us in our San Antonio or Corpus Christi office toll free at 1-800-275-2162. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the MoneyWise podcast through Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite podcast streaming apps where you can leave your comments about the MoneyWise program, and don't forget to like the show. So in our last segment of the first hour of this weekend's MoneyWise program, before we went to commercial break, just talking about market volatility, preparing investors emotionally. But we also shifted gears a little bit to talk about when we have market conditions like we're currently in with higher levels of volatility or we've seen corrective moves in the market like we saw in the month of January. This is when the financial salespeople and particularly the annuity salespeople really start ramping up their marketing efforts because – They sell their products, and they're really keying on that emotion of fear and the awfulizing effect that our brain, how it's normally wired. The awfulizing effect is when you cannot foresee the future, your brain's natural tendency is to feel it it with fear and with dread. And so utilizing and really capitalizing on this awfulizing effect and the emotional effect that market corrections and pullbacks can have – This is when the marketing efforts ramp up of these salespeople that are out there to sell equity indexed annuities, other kinds of variable annuities, or have got some kind of strategy that's going to be able to protect you on the downside. Now, I saw an article this past week in MarketWatch, and AARP went out and did some investigation on these free lunch, free dinner seminars, and even some educational seminars that didn't involve any food. And they found that within a 100 seminars, a quarter of them were selling inappropriate investment products. And they also found that out of that 100, 12% of them were outright fraudulent presentations of information. And I know, Jeff, you heard a, a recent ad or a commercial selling an, an equity indexed annuity or pitching one that was just absolutely egregious. I don't know that I would describe it as absolutely egregious, uh, but it was clearly what they were selling was, yeah, they were talking about capturing the upside and, and no downside. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard it, it was, it was a measured delivery, but it was clearly, designed to appeal to individuals that are fearful of losing money and dangling a little carrot in front of them with the uh, opportunity to make money in the markets. The problem with these in these types of investments they're not even investments these products products whatever you want to call them is that the this quote unquote upside that they're delivering they're they're saying that they're going to deliver to you 
is such a small fraction of what you could earn if you just had your money in a balanced, managed portfolio of stocks, bonds, and cash. Time and time again, we have, and I'm going to be running in the second hour of this weekend's program, our full detailed presentation about equity indexed annuities. But time, we have reviewed hundreds of these in the 30 years that we've been managing money. And I have never found ever a single equity indexed annuity that was at least three years old that beat what we did in a moderate asset allocation portfolio. I've even reviewed some equity indexed annuities with a 13-year worth of track record on it. It doesn't even come close to the parking lot of the same ballpark. Yes. uh, We've seen differences in the performance of, you know, equity index annuities that were more than 10 years old, as you described, that exceeded 50%, not 15, but 5-0% return, total return over that time period. Equity index annuities are designed to compete against CD rates. They're not designed to compete against the potential earning opportunity in a ba- managed balanced portfolio. But Man, because of awesome. this, this, this minimum return, with, if the markets go down, you're going to get this minimum return. The minimum return typically is 1% or less in this environment. And in some instances, it's zero. You just don't okay. go down at all. Well, essentially, to get in the guarantees, you have to charge an exorbitant amount of fees mm-hmm. and and that's really it. We used to call them the 7-Eleven annuities. To get a 7% return, you really got to get 11 because you're paying 4% in fees. So That's on an annual basis, Mike. And, yes. I mean, that's in a phenomenal market, too, by the way. Well, and so, that's something else that, that people that sell, that the salespeople that sell variable annuities don't tell you, is is that they have all of these kind of built-in guarantees. Well, you know who's actually paying that guarantee? You are, as the owner of that. You're actually paying yourself back money that they're extracting from you in this guarantee as a fee that you're paying on an annual basis. So you're actually covering the quote-unquote guarantee. And I'm here to tell you, the only guaranteed investment in the world is U.S. Treasuries, bonds, bills, and notes. That's it. If you hear anyone selling any type of insurance product and using the word guarantee, they are not being truthful with you. It is not a guarantee. It is a promise to pay. And to remind all of our listeners, if we as taxpayers hadn't bailed out AIG during the financial crisis to the tune of a $186 billion bridge loan, the annuity business as we know it would be completely gone and dead. And mind you, in the state of Texas, all you can recoup from an insurance company going belly up if you have assets with them in an annuity, whether it's variable or what have you, fixed annuity, you're only guaranteed to potentially, potentially get back $250,000 maximum. What this this really boils down to is making sure you're doing a, knowing what you own, doing a portfolio review. If you have an annuity, guess what? There's software out there that that we've used and other companies that can use. that can tell you exactly what you have, exactly what your fees are and how it works. And but as that's we, the other thing about them is they're very confusing. 
So. Well, yeah, well, of course, yeah. If it takes a hundred pages to explain something, you don't get up and walk away. You get up and run. But the, bo- the the bottom line is, as we've said from the sixteen years we've been doing this program, is do not buy annuities of any ilk of any ilk, whether it's fixed, variable equity indexed annuities. There are better ways to do it that cost you a lot less and gives you a lot more flexibility because when you're in retirement, flexibility is an absolute key to the longevity and success of your retirement and your retirement nest egg. So with that, we're going to go up to the top of the hour break, go into the news. And when we come back from the news, we're going to be diving into the second hour of this weekend's Money Wise program. And as Jeff had mentioned, we're going to continue with an annuity education or equity indexed annuity education and why you should avoid these things like the black plague. And so we'll do that after this. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. Money Wise guys will be back after the news. All opinions expressed by Davidson Capital Management on Money Wise are solely theirs and are based upon information they consider reliable and is subject to change without notice. You should be aware of the risk in investing in any security or investment strategy discussed on the show. Before acting, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and should seek advice from your own financial or investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday, you can reach us in our local Corpus Christi office at 906 906- zero zero seven zero or toll free at one eight hundred two seven five two one six two and if you have an investment related question or topic you'd like for us to discuss here on the money wise program you can send all your emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com if you missed the first hour of money wise you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com click on the radio show link where you can listen to today's show as well as past money wise programs You can also subscribe to our iTunes feed by clicking on the blue note in the upper right-hand corner of our homepage at DavidsonCap.com. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. So now that we're in our second hour of this weekend's Money Wise program, and again, like really wanting to use the second hour for investor education, uh, a topic that we have been discussing for the nine-plus years uh, we've had the Money Wise program here on 1360 KKTX. I, it's, it's a topic that I wanted to revisit, go into a little bit more detail about. And for any longtime listener of this program, they know uh, our disdain, our distaste, our dislike, or I should say just straight out plain hatred of annuities of any way, shape, or f- any any shape and form. And so... The reason why uh, I've been motivated to, to talk more about this and go into a deeper investor education this on this weekend show is just here recently working with some prospective clients have been seeing more equity indexed annuities, which are the most dastardly of all annuity products out there, and wanted to really give the education and pretty much a f- blanket warning to any investor, any listener of this program thinking about getting involved in this type of product to not only get up and walk away, but to get up and run away. And so I want to just go into some education. So let's just start kind of from the very beginning. You know, what is an annuity? An annuity is a contract between you and an insurance company in which the company promises to make periodic payments to you starting immediately 
or at some future time. So if the payments are delayed, that's called a deferred annuity, and if the payments start immediate, it's called an immediate annuity. Bottom line, the definition of annuity is periodic payments. I mean, really, that's what it is. The key word in that statement that you just made, Kyle, is the word promise. Mm -hmm. It is not a guarantee. That's right. Now, there are, for whatever reason, the insurance industry is allowed to use that word. The G word. As part of the marketing pitch. Mm -hmm. When in reality, it is nothing more than a promise. Because as we've said... Uh, since the beginning of this show in 2005, there is only one only guaranteed investment, and that is government, U.S. government bonds, bills, and notes. That's right. That's the only guaranteed investment. Anything else is nothing more than a promise. It's a, and really, it's like you said, Jeff, it's a sales pitch. It's in the sales pitch because that the G word, as we call it, the get word guaranteed, gives the potential buyer, that warm and fuzzy feeling that I'm protected under this, this blanket of cover, this blanket of guarantee, and that's that's not true in the world of annuities. So annuities really come in two types, fixed and variable. Now, a fixed annuity, the insurance company guarantees, quote-unquote, guarantees both the rate of return and the payout. A variable annuity's rate of return is not stable, and it varies with stock, bond, money market funds that you choose as investment options. And there is no guarantee that you will earn any return on your investment, and there is risk that you will lose money in the variable annuity contract. So those are just kind of the two basic, main basic annuities. Now we get over to what is an indexed or equity indexed annuity. The new marketing term that they're using now, Jeff and Dad, is a hybrid annuity, which is starting to show up at uh, at lunch and dinner seminars across the city, a hybrid annuity. This, the equity indexed annuity product, mm -hmm. is on the radio as, 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 it's almost as heavily marketed now as gold is. I'd probably say in some instances more, Jeff. You know, I don't see, I do not see on television a lot of pitches for equity indexed annuities. But whether it's satellite radio, whether it's terrestrial radio, uh, there are radio shows all across. You know, we, we hear, as we're driving across the state of Texas, there are probably five equity indexed annuity based radio pitch shows for every one registered investment advisor uh, type show, like we have it here with uh, MoneyWise on KKTX. There, th there'll be five others, and uh, we know of at least two or three in the San Antonio market to do nothing but pitch equity and next annuities. Mm -hmm. And we know for a fact in every large market in this state, there is a radio show either running on Saturday or Sunday whose one and only basis of running that show is to promote equity indexed annuities. And every show is just repetitive, 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 trying to drill in all their marketing techniques and some of the outrageous claims that they can make. And as we get further in this education, I'll explain why the salespeople of equity indexed annuities can make such outrageous claims in their sales pitches. So what is an equity indexed annuity? An EIA, for short, has characteristics of both a fixed and variable annuity. 
the return varies more than a fixed annuity, but not as much as a variable annuity. Now, I need to educate our listeners that equity indexed annuities were created in the late 90s to compete against CDs. Now, Jeff, throughout the history of, of the advent of CDs, are CDs known for being high rate of return givers? No, earners. They're 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 basically one step below government bonds in okay. terms of in terms of safety, As a, I mean, in, in return and then return. You know, CDs are back. If you buy a CD at a commercial bank and it has FDIC insurance, mm-hmm. and you buy the CD under the FDI insurance limits, then you are covered by the FDIC insurance program. If so, if that bank should fail, so. So with this in mind, knowing that equity indexed annuities were created in the late 90s to compete with CDs, that should tell you right off the bat that your rate of return is going to be low. No matter what pitch the salesperson on the other end of the on the other side of the desk is giving you, know in the back of your mind these things were created to compete against CDs. And so you might be looking at a rate of return slightly higher. And when I say slight, I'm talking slightly higher than what you could get in a fixed annuity. And as we get further into the education, I know we're bumping up on a commercial break, you'll see that with a rate of return that might slightly be a little bit higher than a CD or slightly a little bit higher than a fixed annuity of why you'd want to avoid these things like the plague when we really start to get into the guts of how these things are actually composed. And we'll do that after this. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. We'll be back after these words. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday, you can reach us in our local Corpus Christi office at 906-0070 or toll free at 1-800-275-2162. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. So continuing our education about equity indexed annuities and why you should avoid these things like the Black Plague, um, just going into the basics of what exactly it is, an equity indexed annuity, again, has characteristics of both a fixed and variable annuity. Uh, And again, these things were created back in the late 90s to compete against the returns of CDs. So if you're thinking about buying an equity indexed annuity, you can know right off the bat, no matter what pitch the salesman gives you, that your rate of return might be a little bit higher than that of a CD. But as we get further into this education, you will see how illiquid these things are and how horrible these products are. And we're doing our best to educate our listeners to avoid this so we We'll stop seeing prospective clients coming into our office having bought these horrendous products. Um, so let's get back to the EIA. Now, equity indexed annuities offer a minimum rate of return, a rate of interest, and an interest rate linked to a market index. Uh, now, what is the guaranteed minimum rate? Well, typically the guaranteed minimum rate is at least 87.5% of the original premium paid. Uh, and that interest rate is going to vary depending upon insurance company of about 1% to 3%. I mean, that'll be your minimum rate of return of 1% to 3%. Now, remember, if you surrender the equity indexed annuity early, 
you will have to pay a significant surrender charge and a 10% tax penalty, which will reduce or eliminate any returns. And I wanted to talk about that. If you're funding annuities, and this goes for equity indexed annuities, fixed annuities, variable annuities, if you're funding annuities with after-tax dollars and you're pre-59 and a half, if you take out any money from that annuity, whether it's a full surrender, if it's a 10% free withdrawal, when you receive those dollars, a portion of those dollars would be considered gains and taxed as ordinary income, and you would have to pay a 10% early withdrawal penalty. Now, the tax consequences of annuities are typically not disclosed by the salesperson. The salesperson only talks about how great the tax-deferred growth is, but they don't explain to you that when you pull money out of an annuity, how it's taxed, really the detrimental tax effects it has on the way coming out. And that's something that everyone needs to keep in mind. What we have found, Jeff and I and Dad, what we have found when salespeople are selling annuities, they sell based on half-truths. They only tell you half of the story. They only tell you the good part of the story. They never tell you the bad part of the story because if they told you the bad part of the story, you would never sign on the dotted line. You would never, ever in a million years buy any type of an annuity product if they gave you the full truth about these products. And that's what we're here doing today is giving you the full truth about these products to really educate you so you know going in that if this product is pitched to you or positioned to you, you will get up and walk away from the table. So how good is this quote-unquote guarantee? As Jeff and I said earlier, guarantee is only as good as the insurance company that wrote it. So it's not a guarantee. It's a promise. And when it comes to these quote-unquote promises, something else that an annuity salesperson will not tell you is that the state of Texas has a state insurance trust where basically that trust is in place in case an insurance company goes out of business. Well, in the state of Texas, the maximum amount of restitution you could receive back from this trust fund at the, in the state of Texas if an insurance company that you had assets with went out of business is a quarter of a million dollars. So if you go and put a half a million, 600000 a million dollars, whether it be a fixed annuity, equity indexed annuity, or variable annuity, and this insurance company goes belly up, the most you could receive back from the state of Texas would be a quarter of a million dollars. Something else a salesperson is not going to tell you when they're selling you this product. And I can tell you this, during the financial crisis, if we as taxpayers hadn't bailed out AIG with a $186 billion bridge loan to cover their books, the annuity business as we know it would be dead. Now, you don't ever see any stories about that. Nope. We, we talk about it. I mean, we talk about it, but, but the, the fact of the matter is this is, a, this is a secret part of the financial crisis that's never, ever discussed. That's right. And unfortunately, the salesmen that were pitching these products prior to the financial crisis really haven't changed their story. It's the same story. No, the financial crisis, Dad, actually gave them more fire for their sales pitch because annuities... Well, fear has got higher. Yeah, well, particularly equity-indexed annuities, they're sold based on fear. And really, annuities in general, but especially equity-indexed annuities, are sold based on fear. So the 2008 financial crisis has done nothing but bolster 
equity indexed annuity sales because they can prey, the salesman, yes, and I use the word, they can prey on your fear, on your uncomfortableness, and say, you know what, Mr. and Mrs. Client, I've got the product for you. All the upside of the S&P 500 with none of the downside. How could you go wrong? That is the sales pitch. That is a sales pitch, and it's a flat-out lie. And here's the, here is the the thing about that sales pitch: if you listen to it very carefully, and you hear that you'll hear, hear this on the radio shows that promote this product, all the upside, none of the downside. So it's a heads I win as an investor, and tails the insurance company loses. I want you. That doesn't exist. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's not logical. How does an organization stay in business if the markets go goes up ten percent? Well, you get ten percent. And if, and if the market goes down ten percent, well, you get the guaranteed minimum rate of return, which might be one to three percent. So you you win either way. Think about that logically for a second. There's no such thing as a free lunch. And and here's something else. Here's something else that's thrown into the sales pitch. Mr. Ms. Client, I'm not making a commission. Yeah, that's I don't make anything. I don't make anything on selling you this product. I'm doing this purely out of the goodness of my heart because I work for free. Right. That is another part they of don't, the sales they don't go, pitch. They don't go quite that far, but, but the oh really? <laughs> I, I, you, you may be <laughs> sorry. You, you may be making You're a little more dramatic. You may be making bit. a little more dramatic. But there isn't a line item on this on the quarterly statement that comes to the to the client that says sales commission because the sales commissions are paid directly from the insurance company into the salesperson's pocket. Okay, so getting back to equity indexed annuities, so how are the equity indexed annuity interest rates compounded, the rate of return compounded? Well, again, the indexed, when they talk about index, typically a lot of them use the S&P 500 and the index-linked gains depends on the particular combination of indexing features that the EIA uses. Now, a lot of equity indexed annuities talk about participation rate, meaning how much of the linked index are you going to be participating in. So the participation rate determines how much of that gain in the index will be credited to the annuity. For an example, an insurance company might set the participation rate at 80%, which means that the annuity would be credited with 80% of the gain experienced by the index. Now, that sounds good. So if the S&P is up 10%, then well, theoretically you'd say, okay, well, I want to get 8%. That's right. Or some, a lot of equity indexed annuities talk about 100% participation. So you as the customer thinking, wow, I get 100% participation of the S&P 500 index, so I get all the upside, but then if it goes down and the market goes to zero or less than zero, I get the guaranteed minimum return. Man, what a great deal. I can't believe these products haven't been around forever. Why doesn't everyone own these? That's the good part. Let's actually get a little bit deeper and talk about what every equity indexed annuity has that's buried deep in their 100-plus page prospectus. They have what's called an interest rate cap. And what happens is equity indexed annuities put a cap on the upper limit of your return. And this cap is generally stated as a percentage. So let's say that this maximum rate of interest the annuity will earn, for example, you have a cap of, say, 4%. So the market goes up 10. The S&P goes up 
you're capped at four. That's the maximum amount of money that you can make. That's the maximum amount of credit that can be credited back to your account. And I'm oversimplifying right. this and because I don't want to just bore our listeners to sleep, but there are very complicated, convoluted mathematical equations that are used to create the interest rate that's credited to the account. And I can assure you it's not to the benefit of the policyholder. It's to the benefit of the insurance company that's providing and created the indexed annuity. And here's another little kicker. Equity indexed annuity companies pitch the interest rate caps. They pitch the participation rates. But guess what? How long do you think that those rates are guaranteed in a typical equity indexed annuity contract? Short periods of time. Less than a year. One year. One year. One year less. Equity indexed annuities have the ability, and most of them do this, that I've done research on, to adjust those guaranteed interest rate caps and participation rates after the first year. They reset them, and they do not have to notify you of them. So what they do is they get you with the teaser rates, get you to sign on the dotted line, get you locked up into extremely long surrender penalty periods, and then 12 months later, the rug is pulled out from underneath you and your equity indexed annuity. We're going to come to the bottom of the hour break. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. We'll be back after the news. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday, you can reach us on our local Corpus Christi office at 906-0070 or toll-free at 1-800-275-2162. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. So before we went to the commercial break, we were talking about how insurance companies that sell equity indexed annuities link interest rates or basically how your annuity is credited with a rate of return. We talked about the participation rates, how a lot of equity indexed annuities will pitch 100% participation in the linked index, which sounds great. But then you get down to the part of the contract where it talks about the rate of return caps that the equity indexed annuity uh, basically has in place to where they might cap you at a maximum of a 2% rate of return per month. So if the market was up 5% in one month, you might only get two. Um, But again, before we went to the bottom of the hour break, what I have found in my research is that equity indexed annuities give you a one-year teaser rate to get you to sign on that dotted line And then after 12 months of signing that contract, everything changes. Participation rate changes. Interest rate cap changes. And, again, it's to the detriment of your account and to the betterment of the insurance company. And that is a sales pitch. That is a sales tactic. And I don't mean to steal any of your thunder, but there is is another teaser that draws clients in. Oh, thank you, Jeff, for bringing that up. That is the bonus that is given on the premium. And, and, and we use the word premium because an equity indexed annuity is not an investment vehicle. It is an insurance policy. And we'll talk about why that's important in just a little while. So when you're buying an annuity, the money you're putting into it is called a premium, just like if you were buying a life insurance policy. Uh, and so the one thing that we always say to, to anyone thinking about buying an equity indexed annuity 
why would an insurance company, if this product is so good... All the upside, none, none of the downside. downside. Why would an insurance company need to motivate a buyer with a 10% or 15% upfront bonus? And I'm talking 10% of what you're investing. So if you're putting in $100,000 with a 10% bonus, they're going to say, Mr. and Mrs. Client, we're going to give you $110,000 of your original premium. So we're going to give you ten free thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars for free to buy this product. Now think about that. If this thing was as good as the salesman is making it out to be, why would they need to give you a bonus? It's all marketing. It's all marketing. That it's to get your sales juices going, so where you no, will so go inside and get out of line. Really get greed. I mean, how many how many right. investment products can you buy? I mean, if you were to buy a mutual fund. You go on the paper and, oh, here's this Vanguard fund. Well, if I buy this Vanguard fund, they're going to give me an extra 10%. If I put $100,000 into it, it's now going to be worth $110,000. Mm-hmm. You see any are your mutual funds offering any, any sort of teasers to get you in or individual stocks? Heck no. No. This is, the, this is one of the only products that I know of that, that in order to entice people to sign on the dotted line, they, they sweeten the pot with these bonuses but you must stay in that investment for the entire well there's different there's different investing yeah. schedules there's for different the investing, but, but i can you can bet your bottom dollar yeah. that you're going to have to stay in this investment for an extended period of time to ever actually see any benefit from that bonus and when i say extended period of time and we're talking 10 years or more yeah and we'll get to the surrender penalty penalty periods in just a second you know and again as i've i've said to anyone thinking about buying these if they have to entice you with free money if this thing is really that good as it's being presented they wouldn't have to give you anything well if they were really that good kyle why would we even need to be buying stocks and why would we need to be buying bonds why wouldn't you be buying mutual funds and why would all these other organizations in the united states that are selling uh, that are managing people's money. Why would why would we need to be spending all this time about trying to figure out what's going on in the market? So all we got to do is stick it in these equity index news. We're going to get all the upside and none of the downside and a bonus on top of it. And why would the majority of major insurance companies not offer this insurance product? And, and you and you bring up a good point uh, that of the twenty largest insurance companies in, in the country, that nineteen of them avoid it like the plague, and don't touch it with an 11-foot pole, let alone a 10-foot pole. And most equity-indexed annuity providers are smaller, lower-credit quality insurance companies primarily located in the Midwest. You'll see them in Iowa. You'll see them in Missouri. You'll see them in Kansas. You know, you don't see the MetLife's of the world. You don't see the Prudentials. You don't see um, the principles of the world getting involved in these types of products. New York Life, they don't sell these types. Now, they sell variable annuities, and we're not going to go there because we don't like those either, but uh, we're focusing primarily on the equity index annuities. And our listeners have probably heard us keep using the word product, product, product. Listeners have to understand, everyone has to understand, this is an insurance contract. This is not a security, which means that FINRA, which is the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and the Securities and Exchange Commission do not police these products, which also means they do not police the words that are coming out of salesmen's mouths 
when they're selling these. It's up to every state board of insurance to police these. And I can tell you with past conversations I've personally had with the state board of insurance, I think they're really behind the curve. And correct me if I'm wrong here, Kyle, but haven't some of the major brokerage houses banned the sale of these types of investments? Well, in fact, FINRA, if you have a 7, Series 7, which is a license to sell financial security, stocks, bonds, options, what have you, um, they are really recommending you not sell these products. And that if you do want to sell these products, you have to go through quite a few hoops to even get the authority to sell them. FINRA would prefer any financial salesperson, typical stockbroker, to not sell these products. And in fact, there is an alert, an investor alert on the FINRA webpage. You can go to brokercheck.com or FINRA to actually read about the investor alerts on equity indexed annuities and how complex they are and how convoluted they are. And they're made that way and they're designed that way for a reason. So the salespeople that sell indexed annuities are not regulated by FINRA. They're not overseen by the Securities and Exchange Commission. They only answer to the State Board of Insurance, which means that in their marketing pitches, they can make some absolutely outrageous claims. And when they turn out not to be true, they simply get a minor slap on their hand from the State Board of Insurance. And just to kind of, for some of our listeners that uh, were listening to us in 2005, 2006, we actually turned into the State Board of Insurance a particular radio show that was promoting equity indexed annuities. And uh, in one show, in one one hour, they had 26 noted violations in their sales practices and the sales pitches they were making. You know, continuing on EIAs, they carry extremely high fees and pay outrageous commissions to salespeople. In fact, I found a study conducted by two Ph.D. mathematicians for a firm called Securities Litigators where they have found that approximately 20% of premium paid into an equity indexed annuity goes directly into the pocket of the insurance company that created the EIA and to the sales force. And you keep saying EIA, equity, equity indexed, indexed annuities. annuities. So if you're given, so if you're buying an equity indexed annuity, putting a hundred thousand dollars into it, you can almost assure yourself that about twenty thousand dollars of that is going into the pocket of the salesperson and the insurance company that has created the product. And you might say, well, Kyle, I put in a hundred thousand dollars and I've got a hundred thousand dollars in my account. That is true. But guess what you do have? You have anywhere between 10 to 17 years of surrender penalty period. Yeah, you heard me right. 17 years. I'm reviewing accounts right now for a prospective client that has 17-year surrenders, which means that if you want to get out of this thing, you're going to be hit with a massive back-end sales charge to cover the huge amount of commissions paid to the salesperson that sold these things. Now, equity indexed annuities, again, because it's not an investment product, they can pay double-digit commissions to the people that sell them. Why do you think they're so popular for insurance agents? Why do you think they run radio shows all over the state, all over the country? Because they pay big commissions. That's right. Um and so we, you know, we talked about the surrender p- penalty period. You know, I've done a bunch of research on multiple 
equity indexed annuities. And what I have found running numbers back, and in fact, I've I've seen some where numbers have been run back to 1950. I've seen numbers run back to 1962. And I can tell you that from the research I have done, you're looking at historical rates of return for some very popular equity indexed annuities that are out there right now being sold, returns ranging anywhere from one and a half to 2% annualized per year. This is where we go back to the statement that we made in the first segment of this educational portion of the program that said that these equity indexed annuities over the long term don't re- return just maybe slightly more than you you might receive in a CD That's or, right. or government bond in, in the current interest rate environment. That's right. So let's talk about their uh, the extremely poor liquidity that equity indexed annuities provide. Now, all annuities, all annuities provide a 10% free withdrawal where you can take 10% of your money out without any kind of surrender penalties or what have you. But what happens if you lock up your retirement assets in an equity indexed annuity, variable annuity, fixed annuity, and God forbid you had an emergency and you need to get a hold of more than 10%? Well, in an equity indexed annuity, you could be hit with rear end surrender charges 20% plus to get this money out. So there is an extremely poor liquidity in equity indexed annuities. Coming up to our last commercial break, we're going to take the break. When we come back, I'll be wrapping up the equity indexed annuity education. We'll do that after this. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. Your Money Wise guys will be back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call on our office on Monday, you can reach us in our local Corpus Christi office at 906-0070 or toll-free at 1-800-275-2162. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. So before we went to the break, I was talking about the lack of liquidity in equity indexed annuities and really annuities in general only allowing up to a 10% free withdrawal uh, anything above that particularly in equity indexed annuities you can be hit with substantial rear end commissions or rear end surrender charges as we call them or contingent deferred sales charges is another way uh, to describe them so again they have a real lack of liquidity now as I was talking about how extremely complicated these products are, you know, they're complicated to keep purchasers in the dark. So the salesperson can can continue to make outrageous claims and sell their perceived advantages to the purchaser, but because the product is so complex and you need to be a PhD in math and mathematics to figure them out. It, it, it makes it to where the purchaser doesn't have the ability to ask any questions because they were so complex and, op- and, opa- and opaque when it comes to, to how they actually are structured and how they work. And equity indexed annuity salespeople are really targeting the financially unsophisticated. Uh, because, again, once you sign on that dotted line and your 10-day or 15-day free look period is up, for the annuity, you're trapped. There's nothing else you can do. If you want out of this thing, you could possibly get hit with a 20-plus percent sales charge trying to get out of this thing. Uh, you know, and what 
again, doing my research earlier this week, I ran across an insurance company out of Iowa that in the state of California, there's currently a class action lawsuit against them where they're being accused of violating the RICO Act. Now, for those of y'all that don't know, the RICO Act was used to break up racketeering and basically organize crime back in the 70s and 80s. And the fact that an equity indexed annuity provider in this company in particular has over $21 billion of assets, they're being accused of violating the RICO Act. That's pretty That's pretty significant, I would say, wouldn't you say, Dan? Yes. That someone's getting accused, and actually I believe they've already lost, uh, and they're now having to pay a huge settlement. And, and really what the, the lawsuit stemmed from was the targeting of elderly people to buy equity-indexed annuities. And that's really where this California class action lawsuit is really aimed at this particular insurance company was because of their very deceptive and really predatory sales practices that they were using in equity indexed annuities. I mean, predatory to the point that Chris Hansen of Dateline NBC did a, what was it, like a one-hour or two-hour expose on the deceptive sales practices of equity indexed annuities. And he's known for the catch a predator. Well, this is to catch a financial predator. It was because his mother had been approached by uh, this a salesperson. salesperson. That's what got him into it. And and so somewhere out there on the Internet, and this was from a few years ago. Yeah, it was several years ago. This was ago. several years ago. And, again, any longtime listener to this program know that we are disdained for annuities of all shapes and forms. But equity-indexed annuities is what really gets me fired up because they are so worthless well, they're, they're the bluebonnet plague of all yeah, products of all, of all that products. we've ever come across. And, and, you know, we're doing our best to try to end the sales of these. But when you see these high commissions and because they're targeting unsophisticated investors, they get taken by these fantastic-sounding sales pitches and then realizing after they sign on that dotted line, whoops, I made a huge mistake, but it's going to cost me a fortune to get out of this thing and to fix my mistakes. We're trying to educate our listeners to avoid making the mistake in the first place. Has there been anyone in the last nine years since we've been doing this radio show that called our office that said that they had an annuity of some type and after getting a few questions answered and looking at a statement, realizing that they had an equity indexed annuity and then explaining to them that the markets did X and their particular investment did far less than X have we ever had anyone express their pleasure that they bought one of these years ago? No. In, in, in fact, the prospective client right now that I'm working on was just doing some analysis on their EIAs. Got an EIA that's had since around 2006. Since 2006, um, his performance return up 15%. Moderately allocated asset builder account at Davidson Capital Management, actively managed close to 90% after all fees after all fees and expenses that's a huge difference that's a huge difference when you annualize that number when you annualize that number out again they're making just above 
what a CD would return. But uh, I can almost assure you that the sales pitch being used was all of the upside, none of the downside. And I do know, and again, for education, this prospective client had told me that another big pitch to him was that annuities was the only way to shelter your assets from lawsuits. That is an absolute lie. There are a multitude of ways to shelter your assets from being sued and from liability. Being inside an IRA, inside of a 401K, inside any kind of retirement plan, that's a way to shelter annuities. You have family-limited partnerships. Yeah. The last person that anyone should be asking about how do I shelter my assets from potential lawsuits is an insurance salesman. Amen. Amen. If you if you need to talk to a lawyer mm-hmm. about shielding assets from particular that's or right. from from a lawsuit, that's the only person, in my opinion, that would be qualified to answer that question. You don't go ask your mechanic about a tax question. Yeah, that's right. You don't and, come. And you, to, you, you, you don't come to us asking about a heart problem. That's right. You don't go to yeah. your doctor to get your teeth cleaned. Right. So I mean, really, when it comes down to the end of the day, anyone that's listening to this program that has even had the fleeting thought of buying a product like this, do yourself a huge favor. Pick up the phone, give us a call at 906-0070, and take 15 to 20 minutes out of your life to get an education about how these things work. And that's of any any type of annuity. Of any type of annuity. And I can tell you that we've had some calls, I've had some calls in the past, Jeff, of people that have heard this education that we've done in the past on annuities and they have thanked us for making that mistake and buying these types of products and you know i wanted to to thank all of our listeners to to sticking with us in the second hour of this weekend's money wise program to get this education because we want to see the ending of the sales of these products because they are no good for 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 nobody i mean they're they're no good period and there should be no reason for these things to be bought. So if you want to get an education, you give us a call. And with that, I would like to thank everyone for listening to this weekend's Money Wise program. Again, if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday, you can reach us at 906-0070 or toll-free at 1-800-275-2162. And for my father, John, and my brother, Jeff, this is Kyle Davidson saying have a fantastic weekend. And to your financial health, we will talk to you next week.